welcome to Cadence Podcast. I'm Katarina. And I'm Michael. And today's episode is a fun one, huh? I think it's just a casual chat because WWDC 23, one of Apple's biggest events of the year just happened. And while I don't think Kat is as big into uh, Apple events or maybe Apple even in general, to be honest, I don't even, I was just going to say for the people like me, I don't even know what it stands for. <laughs> Worldwide Developers Conference. By Apple. By Apple. So typically WWDC, for the people who are listening, who have heard that acronym and have no idea up to this day, it's essentially a place for all the developers to get um, an insight into what Apple sort of has planned for the year so they can start developing apps Uh for their devices. So a lot of people think that this one is exciting because it's the first one. However, there's usually not a lot of like big product uh, hardware announcements and it's mainly software based. That's why you always get like the iOS updates, the oh, the Safari or Mac operating system updates, the watch uh, updates, which you're not even wearing right yeah, now. It's so hot right now. <laughs> I'm sweating under the watch. Yeah. And so that's pretty much it. And they typically refresh their, their computer systems. And then the one in September. Yes, that's the one that I know. That's the big one that everyone yeah. always looks forward yeah. to because at that one there was like the iPod, the the iPod at the time, and the iPhone. And that's always when they um, launch launch the new iPhone. right? Yeah, exactly. So that so that's the second second one. But before we dive like into that, mm -hmm. uh, we'll we'll get right into the new cadence. And this week it's Katarina. Yeah, so I actually brought you an update on uh, a new cadence that I had already mentioned a couple of episodes ago. Okay, and that is? Take a guess. Um, something about the... How far back are we talking? Pretty far back. Like one Ooh, of the first episodes. Like okay. maybe episode three, I think. Mm. Must have, might have been episode... What, the planes? Three. The sleeper yes. planes? Yeah. From New Zealand Air? Yeah. So what do you think the update is? I don't know. Uh, they just revealed the prices. I, I, I was going to say that, but for some reason I thought we talked about that. No, we, I think we made, you asked me if I knew and yeah. I didn't know. Just to give everybody listening who didn't catch that original episode, that new cadence was, um, Katarina was saying how New Zealand Air mm -hmm. was now um, using planes that even allowed economy class to have like business sort of and first class style seating where you could like lay the seats fully down flat like a bed yeah they call it a sleep pod so it's a i think it's what i i don't think there's official photos yet but what i envision it to look like is those um sleep pods in like japanese uh like those oh, yeah? tiny hotels you, you don't you don't think it's like the first class seat that can slip down like there's a, a photo a here and mm -hmm. this this is it looks like bunk beds to me And I don't know if that's actually... Oh, it, it totally, like, the, the picture that we're looking at, um, maybe I'll throw it up on screen for the people who are watching on YouTube, but they kind of look, look like futuristic um, bunk hostel-style beds that you yeah. would see in Japan. Like, you're right, like yeah. the little sleep pod. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and it's called Sky Nest, and it says, um, I'll just read it. According to a press release, uh, they're launching, I think, in one specific specific plane, and they're launching six sleep pods in this plane and it says they will be located between the economy and premium economy cabins okay 
and uh, the passengers will be pre will be able to pre-book a slot in the pod for between 400 to 600 New Zealand dollars, which equals 255 to 380 US dollars mm -hmm. for a four-hour block, in addition to the regular cost of their ticket. Mm. So it is a now that I'm reading this, it's a bit different from what I thought it is. I thought it's the seat, the seat you book okay. is now like the sleep in pod. But it's more sort of... It's you, an addition. Yeah, you book a time slot in the in those sleep pods for so, four hours, and then someone else goes in after you. Or okay, so that that changes everything because lots of questions are being brought up. Like, I totally get it. If you're flying from New Zealand all the way to the U.S., yeah. sometimes those flights are 12-plus hours, and you just want a good night's sleep or whatever. Yeah. Or maybe you have a baby, and you need to like get in there real quick to sleep with your little newborn yeah. or whatever. But what I want to know is what the turnover is like. Like, who's going to clean it for the next person? It says that the cabin crew will change the bedding in each pot after each use. And it says the airline, because we talked about sleep in one of the episodes, the airline did a fair bit of research around sleep cycles. A typical sleep cycle is around 90 minutes. So a four-hour session gives the opportunity for customers to wind down, fall asleep, and wake up. Amenities include USB charging ports, a reading light, earplugs, full-size sheets, a blanket, and a pillow. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Takes a whole new term to. Um, uh, oh man, the joke would have been so much more funny if I knew the punchline. You know where people have sex in the in the to in the oh, in the bathroom? Yeah. It's called uh, Mile High. Club. Yeah, Mile Where's High Club. Yeah. Well, that takes a whole new status to. I guess this is called Economy Mile High Club. <laughs> oh, and they're actually speaking of that. Um, they said, "Sorry, I just read something that I want to read out to you about partners and kids." Uh, la, 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 la. Sorry. It's okay. You find that, and I'll 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 give you my thoughts on it. I think that for an extra two to four hundred dollars i don't think that's crazy pricing i think it's valuable for really long flights and if you need it for them if you have a child or something so maybe you could just pay one pod for a few hours for the mom or something like that yeah and it's what i don't understand is it says um only one person at a time will be able to use the pod even if people wish to share with partners or kids so. because it's too small yeah I'm assuming and it's um it's purple light yeah. and apparently purple light makes you sleep better. Yeah, I think in the Japanese sleep pods yeah. the lighting looked like that too. So they must have done some research somewhere. Yeah, and it's uh cool. I think it's very interesting. We'll keep an eye on it and we'll we'll chat about it more if, if it's something that is is cool. And I'd be interested to see if it becomes mainstream at some point. Place your bets, do you think it will? I don't think it will be. I think because it's targeted at economy flyers who might need a bit yeah. of... So I think it'll be very specialized. It won't be mainstream. It won't be on every single plane. Like, definitely not. Yeah. Like, business class flights are still... Because people who can afford business and first, they don't need that. And I think uh, airlines are actually moving more towards less space to yeah. get more people in. So yeah. I don't know if it at some point would get mainstream. But yeah, so let's... Uh, go into today's uh, topic. Mm -hmm. So why don't we start from the top? Uh, it's interesting because because Cat never really watch watches it, and for me, typically back in Canada, as soon as I wake up on the day of the the event, 
I usually go into the office and I'll turn it on and watch it. It's usually around 9 or 10 a.m. back home in Canada. So I would watch it with my friends who are really into Apple. Uh, my friend Joel, if he's listening to this podcast, him and I were texting back and forth uh, while it was happening. But here in Europe, the event happens in the evening time. So right before dinner or right after dinner. So as we were sitting down for the evening, I turned it on on our TV and Tad um, just joined me because what else? It was kind of like just like a little show to watch, I guess. Yeah. And it, it was a good presentation. And yes. And to, before we dive into what it was about. and Yeah. What were your out? thoughts on it for the for for you never really even watching it? Like this is probably your first time watching it start to finish, right? I've seen. Yeah. I've seen clips. Yeah. And what I'm always amazed by and what I wasn't surprised by because I had seen it is the um, how beautiful it is. Like they like it's a beautiful presentation. So yeah. that it's just very easy to watch. I'm not a tech person and I it's two hours long. Yeah. I want, and yeah. I watched most of it. I do have to say by the end of it, it got a little long. A little techy. Yeah, they do a really, really good job. And to be honest, I have a lot of apple products so More it affects me. me yeah so like yeah and i think over the and and because of the pandemic they actually their presentation has gotten even more beautiful because before they just walked on stage presented all the stuff and then and they cut scenes to the beautiful videos that they've made of the product but now every single uh scene is pre-filmed i believe and then they just displayed on stage and then they they may have someone come out onto a stage. And it was outdoor this year. It was, it was really nice at Apple Park. By the way, uh, now that you're saying it, I saw the day after, I saw some TikTok memes. Of course. Of I know exactly what you're talking about. What am I talking Apple about? Apple hands. Apple hands, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't pass your shoulders. You have to get a little bit excited. And then when you're telling something thoughtful, you got to bring in. You tell them the facts. And then you open to get them excited. But never. And then you do Angela Merkel. <laughs> is that what she does she always stood like that or stands like oh my like goodness this. that's funny because what do you do with your hands when you present right like i do a lot of this yeah i think i think a lot of uh people in presentations when they don't know what to do they get too wide or so i think they must have brought on a coach for all the apple presenters and it's like the tiktok was hilarious like hi Welcome to Apple's product announcement. I've been rehearsing this yes. for six months and I will only talk with my hands at these two areas. When I'm excited, I'm going to talk like this. And when I'm telling facts, I'm going to close up. <laughs> it was funny. But anyways, let's get let's get right into it. So the first thing they, they announced, um, I think we're going to try to fly through most of this. I think yeah. most people have yeah. seen this by now. But we just wanted to give our thoughts a little bit. The first one was the macbook air and they just announced it in a, in a new size the 15 inch have you ever used a macbook air never owned one used it before from like i've used it yeah people that have it yeah like your mom has like a little thin wedged macbook air sister used to have a macbook air yeah mm-hmm. and and i think when that one came out i think people were just like so fascinated with how small thin and light it is and it still is. I think it's a super capable MacBook. I think the MacBook Air is the MacBook for every common person to mm-hmm. get. Mm-hmm. And then if you be, and then if you were a bit more specialized from a work perspective, maybe someone who is in marketing that deals with a lot of graphic arts, mm-hmm. uh, photography, building presentations, then the Pro Line series makes a lot of sense. And then if you're obviously a photographer uh, or videographer or three D renderer, or whatever, then obviously yeah. you're going Pro anyways. But what are your thoughts on that 
having a bigger everyday laptop? I think because I don't have a secondary screen. I only work purely from my MacBook screen. Yeah. I would sometimes enjoy having a larger size. Yeah, you, she's on the M1 MacBook. 13 inch. 13 inch yeah. Pro, yeah. And um, so I would enjoy it from that perspective. But if I think about freedom of movement. Which the airline, uh, which the airline, which the MacBook Air series is geared towards lots of freedom of movement and traveling. Because it's still so light. Yeah. It's just a little bigger. Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, then then my argument doesn't fly because I never wanted to get the bigger size because it's so much heavier. Yeah. So it's, it's incredibly light. I think yeah. it's like three pounds only. Like yeah. really, really light. Yeah. The one thing that I did see a lot of people saying is, is that the 13-inch fits perfectly on like the little table trays that fold out. Mm. And uh, the 15 doesn't really. Like, like when I'm editing on my 16-inch on the DB trains across Germany they don't they don't fit on the 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 tables uh very well so the 13 is still good for that but but like you said if you're on your laptop a lot and you're moving around quite a bit from area to area mobile office traveling i think it's a it's it's a good buy and it's they've kept it well priced i think it's like 12.99 or something like that us yeah good price but for you it wasn't wouldn't be powerful enough i think for simple tasks for sure. I think you could cut together some quick reels and some short, quick edits, no problem. But I think if you're wanting to do, uh, get into some heavier editing or color grading or pull up huge size photos, I think it would start to lag. My biggest argument is that it doesn't have a lot of RAM, so you can't open up a lot of uh, programs at the same time. And so when you upgrade the RAM, Apple has this thing, and I think we've talked about this, but they do the pricing ladder. Yeah. So as you add some options to the Air series of MacBooks, it starts to, you know, like get a little bit higher in price. But once you add those options on, the price is not that far off from the next tier up. Yeah. In this case, the 14-inch MacBook Pro. I see. So I priced out the MacBook Air 15-inch. And with the RAM that I would need, feel like I would need, and, and some more memory upgrade... Now it's only $300 away from the MacBook 14-inch, mm-hmm. the Pro series. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't I get the, the more powerful? Yeah. Because it has a M2 Pro chip versus the M2 chip, which is a much faster, more capable chip. So anyways, now we're getting a little too techy, yeah. but <laughs> it's, it's an everyday um, computer for everybody. Yeah. I think uh, let's just dive right into... What, what did they announce after that? I think they went right into, ooh, the Mac Studio and the Mac Pro, which I don't think we really need to dive into on this podcast. Maybe we go into your, we ask each other what our highlights were. Like, what was your, from the whole presentation, what was your... Well, the highlight, obviously, let's get, let's, let's get the elephant out of the room. Everybody is talking about the new AR headset. Apple Vision Pro. Apple Vision Pro. Like... I don't, how could that not be sort of like the highlight? In a good or a bad way. Yeah, I think that is the highlight piece for everyone who walked away from that presentation. I think everybody at some point talked about that, no matter what. So for the people who haven't seen it, should we summarize or explain what it is? Well, maybe we'll we'll, we'll quickly go through some of our highlights outside of that first. And then then we'll go into it. So for me, I have two. The first one was I was really hoping they would upgrade the Mac Studio, Mm -hmm. which is essentially their top tier computer 
Um, I wanted them to do the new M2 chips, uh, which they did. They did the Max and the Ultra, which is a powerhouse computer at a fairly affordable price. And I think that's the computer that I think I will move to to do all my work because mm-hmm. it, it it's the one that I think people should get for the desktop if they are a creative professional. And then they upgraded the Mac Pro Tower, which is like absurdly powerful that most people on this planet don't need unless you are a specialized, very specialized into heavy CGI movie making or music or whatever. Is that the one that I said looks like a cheese grater? Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. know what it also reminded me of? Because I thought of a cheese grater. You know that meme of uh, when you put a camera inside a cheese grater and mm-hmm. it looks like I think Drake would come out any second for a music video. Have you seen those? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, so sorry, I just thought. No, no, it it, it, it totally looks like that. But you've but you've seen that computer before. That's the that's just that came out years ago. No, I've seen it. I've seen it in the store. But on the specific, it was either in the presentation or an image that you and I looked at. It was an image of their whole lineup. Yeah, exactly. And (laughs) it was on the right side and just fully looked like a cheese. I mean, I think they embraced the whole cheese grater look. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably you said that it's an overkill computer i don't think most people on this planet even really need that yeah but 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 to say my second highlight was an ios highlight actually and it's airdrop oh it's not the one i expected you would say what did you expect for me to say i expected you to say the one where um you have the i don't even know how to explain it where you can tilt your phone to the side and it suddenly becomes like an alarm oh it's called standby. standby it's like a new mode yeah. No, it's AirDrop. And the reason why AirDrop uh, is my uh, an, an update that I look looking forward to is because I, like I said, I've said this before, but I literally use it every single day. Every time I cut a reel or make a video for a client or need to preview it to see what it would look like from the computer to the device, I AirDrop it back and forth and photos, especially. Like I'm always editing photos and then AirDropping it to my phone and then uploading it because it because it up it airdrops fast and in full resolution that's the biggest thing like you don't get that with android or any other phone system it's incredible and to be honest like i used to have uh so for the longest time my work computer was a macbook and my phone was an iphone and then when i first started my current job i got <laughs> moved to a dell computer and suddenly i felt like i was I didn't know how to get files from my phone to my computer. I would send them on email or something. Or an FTP server or something. It was very weird, yeah, right? Yeah, how do you do it? Like sometimes I, because I work in social media, sometimes I go into, let's say I'm preparing a presentation for a client and I want to put like a mock-up from an iPhone with Instagram on it. I need to take that screenshot on my phone and then get it from my phone to my computer. I can't do that on the computer. And every time I'm like, how do I do this? Yeah, it made your life a living hell because it was—it's literally like you're, you're because because our phones are are so integrated into our lives. Files need to move back and forth seamlessly, and there is no other like like. I will say I don't know the Android system very well, but I, I don't know that they have one that works as good. I think Samsung has something like a transfer system, but everyone that I talk to just uses airdrop and is in the apple ecosystem because of that mm-hmm. and so for me it's important that they updated it and if you don't know what the update is before you had to like select your files pull up the airdrop symbol wait for the other person to pop up and then hit airdrop 
Now you can initiate it by just bringing the device, my phone close to Kat's phone or my phone close to her computer or my phone close to my computer. Or if I have something on my computer, I just bring my phone close to it. And the other big thing is you always have to keep it. You always have to keep an eye. If it was a big file, like I transfer videos sometimes and it's a big file or multiple photos, it takes a long time. So you have to stand near the person, wait for the ring to close. But now once the transfer starts, you can just leave and keep going on your day and then it'll just do it in the background, which is really cool. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But what about yours? My two highlights were one was a Mac OS update. Mm -hmm. The new uh, system is called Sonoma. Yep. And with Sonoma or is it also iOS? I was, I'm not sure, but it um, applies to video conferencing. So they, Mm -hmm. and maybe you have to help me to explain this in a, in a good way, but it allows when you are on a video call. Well, 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 let's, let's go from the top. What is the most annoying thing about being on a video conference call? The thing that that is annoying when you have to do a presentation, like a screen share. One, I don't know that I can't see the other people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you suddenly disappear. Uh, Right? No, I don't disappear for them. Uh, At least on Teams, I don't. I'm there. Okay. So basically, four people are on a call. One person shares their screen and suddenly they, this, the person sharing the screen can no longer see the other three people. Yeah. And I, and in some video conferencing, they can't see the other person either. Yeah. Because suddenly their screen has been taken over by the screen share. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And now with this um, update to video conferencing, they give you a view where it appears as if you're showing like a whiteboard in the room that you're in. Like, I don't know, maybe you I think there's a couple different, yeah, yeah. I think there's a couple different modes, but essentially what it does is it, it makes the presenter become like a weatherman. Yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> right? yeah. So basically what it does is uh, it takes the person who's presenting and it puts them on the front layer. Yeah. And then yeah. their presentation is in the back layer, like a green screen, like a middle layer and the middle layer and the uh, back layer is your background. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. and then all the other callers are then placed on top. Yeah. So everyone can still see everyone but also can see the presentation and you can and the person presenting can also see so they can do like that um Vanna White like the Wheel of Fortune like Yeah, it looked like you can actually like point to what you're showing yep. instead of sitting there like a robot and moving your cursor on the Yeah, screen. and you can also um gauge people's reactions so that if they look a little confused, you can explain it further because that was one of those things. It's hard to, it's hard to convey what you're trying to say. You can't get a reaction back. Right. That's, and that's what they say in general with video calls alone. Even if, even when you can see people a lot and especially for introverts, a lot is lost over the digital barrier in terms of facial expressions and like bodies, body language, body language. Yeah. And then imagine presenting to a bunch of people that you can't see at all. Yeah. So all you see is your own screen and you can't see faces, mm-hmm. anything. Yeah, you can't even see if they're like looking in the right place because you're just moving your mouse around and like, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. And, and Apple's trying to solve that. And, and um, yeah, I think it's available for multiple platforms. I think it said Zoom, Teams. Exactly. That's what I was going to say at first. I was 
You're like, this is dumb. This is only for Apple. Yes. And then they showed that it integrates with um, Microsoft Teams, which we use in my company. Yeah, I'm curious, though, if if it still works. I mean, if you're on a MacBook, then hopefully everyone can still, it'll still integrate because a lot of your team members still use Windows PC. So hopefully that works out. But do you have a second one or no? The second highlight was... Oh, I know what it is. Journal. Yeah. (laughs) Journal is an iOS app. Or iPad and iPhone. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. And it is an app that collects your... You know how on iPhone, when you go into your Photos app, it shows you like, on this day, three Mem- years the ago. The little memories, those pre-made like, memories, yeah. Uh, days out in nature in March or something. and this Days out getting really hammered. And then you're like, oh, God. In October. I don't know. <laughs> um, and Journal integrates... Uh, everything that happened on your phone, let's say, and on that specific day. So it's text messages, notes you put down, reminders you put down, photos. And then it gives you, there's a little notepad underneath where you can journal about that day. So because I love journaling so much and I'm a very nostalgic person, it suddenly provides me with the opportunity to, of not only writing down what I experienced, but also putting that collage together of photos and anything that yeah and, I, and I, I also believe that when you open it up depending on um the day or what memories have been collected it also gives you prompts so that yes. you, so you can begin writing exactly that was what you excited you the most yeah and what because i because you believe prompts are like very valuable into into um starting that journaling process and to just kind of have a focused direction in your journaling. Yeah. Like I don't journal at all, but I, I can see the value in it Yeah. because you, because you left out an important part. You, you left out the part that in journaling, the, the, the key factor for why people should do it is gratitude mm-hmm. so that they can see w- what, what um, all the good things that are happening in their life so that they can have a better, more positive outlook. Correct. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Is that right? Yeah. It makes you have a, like you, you said it right. It makes you have appreciate the small things. And when you do gratitude journaling, you're always supposed to be grateful for the smallest little things. So it's like my cup of cup of coffee, cup, coffee, my cup of coffee. I think you've had too much coffee today. Already. <laughs> my cup of coffee in the morning or the sun coming through my window, something like that. And it makes you. And that's why coffee. I think a lot of people think journaling is so flu flu. Right. Like there's like, oh, like journaling because they, they like, like everything you're telling me is like, you should be um, grateful for all the little things. But when you really break it down, that's what actually really matters. It's like, of course, um, all the big events should be celebrated. And of course, I'm grateful for you and for my family. Or grateful when you're able to buy a brand new car or whatever. But like something that like break down even further, it not everybody has the opportunity just to have a cup of coffee in the morning. Yeah. So to be grateful for that shows you that, you know, you're, we're, we're very lucky. And it also is, let's say you had a day that didn't go very well, but if you sit down in the evening and you sit in front of your journal and it asks you to write down three things you're grateful for on a bad day, it's going to show you that some things still happen that are positive. Mm-hmm. Even on a yeah, bad yeah, day. exactly. You can't just pick out the bad things. You have to find yeah. some things that you're grateful for. One more thing about the journal app that I'm um, a little skeptical about or what I said, I, I wouldn't use it on the iPhone because I like the act of physically writing it down with a pen. Yeah. 
because there are studies that show that the movement of like directing movement by thought with a pen mm -hmm. makes you remember what you're writing down way better than typing it on a on a keyboard. Yep, for sure. So the only way I would use it is an iPad. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So that's my only. Yeah, and and I'm curious if they will ever bring the Apple Pencil to the iPhone, which I don't think they will no. ever. It, where would you put it? Like, yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense. But people have been wanting it for a long time. Yeah. But. Let's move back to the elephant in the room. Yeah. So there have been a lot of announcements, but those are the ones that we kind of wanted to yeah. sort of touch upon. Um, because you mentioned standby, I'll quickly say what it is. Essentially, it's a way for you to dock your phone on one of those like phone docks and, and put your phone horizontal. And then it allows you to turn your phone into like a little night side alarm clock or a little desk clock with or desk calendar. And you can pick different types of widgets appointments, uh, sports scores, if you're like a journalist in sports, um, reminders. Mm -hmm. And they were saying it's a great way for you to put down your phone and not feel the need to always fidget and pick it up and to make it a little more glanceable. So I think that can be actually a really good yeah. thing. I'm also really excited to see, you know, like the Google Home, Vi I don't even know if it's called Vision, but like, because we don't really use any Google devices, but it has like a little screen and it shows the weather. Like at my sister's mm -hmm. house, they have that little pad thing google play watermelon sugar yeah like yeah my net my nephew was obsessed with watermelon sugar, sugar from, from harry styles <laughs> and so we had this little screen and and i think it'll allow uh for ipads to do that for your home yeah back to vision pro yep so why don't you tell me your thoughts on it since you might not be as excited i am actually very excited about it you are I am. You don't think it's silly that you have to wear a computer no. that's strapped to your face? No, I would. That's the introvert talking, everybody. Yes. <laughs> I didn't want to say it again. Um, I think that right now I can only see, not no, that's not true. I can mostly see it making my life better than worse and let me explain that i think we spend so much time on our devices anyways that apple vision pro is a device that makes some of that screen time more freeing and we have to dive into the details for you to understand what i'm sort of saying but that's sort of my overall sentiment around it it's positive. yeah so so dive into that because yeah. i think you just confused everybody i just confused <laughs> yeah everybody. they probably have no idea what you're trying to say i, I know what you're trying to say because we've talked about it but again and i think again it's mainly around work what i see um well let me let me try to give them a little basis yes you're always much better at that so I have a bit more of a flexible schedule. Sometimes I can go shoot photos for a couple hours, then come home and edit for a couple hours, and then leave the house and go film for a couple hours, and then come back and edit. Or maybe sometimes I work in the morning for a little bit, take the entire afternoon off, and then go back out at sunset. So I don't feel stuck. Whereas Katerina, in her job, because she works with clients who kind of just work within the 9 to 5, 8 to 4, 7 to 3, she is, you know, like, she's not in a cubicle, but it's like that whole 
old men, old work mentality. You mm -hmm. feel like you're stuck in a cubicle, chained to your desk for eight hours. Yeah. And so what you're trying to say, I think, is with Apple Vision Pro, because it is a computer that you put on and, and, and the tech allows you to still see in front of you and all around you, but still have screens up, you can maybe just leave your desk or you you need to you want some fresh air maybe this would be or just sit on your patio for example better yeah. you can go to your patio have the screen up and then still kind of do your work or maybe you just need to read some emails quickly and you don't want to need to do it at your desk you want to take a little break and go outside and to be honest i think in a work environment because we work from home some of the perks of working or i work from home some of the perks of working from home is that i can do the laundry in the middle of the day but i can't really still because if i'm stuck in meetings all day then i still cannot move around freely while i'm in that meeting so maybe how would you really do those tasks while you're in a meeting because you have to listen to it you know depends on the type of meeting but sometimes there's meetings where you're it's an hour long and you have to be there because you sort of need that information but you don't have an active role so those are the ones that I'm talking about yeah. that really I would only need to listen and maybe sometimes look at the screen, which with uh, those goggles. It's like listening can, to a podcast while quickly throwing in your laundry or making lunch or, or making lunch or grabbing or just, a coffee. Just great. Exactly. Like it, it gives me freedom of movement without within the boundaries of my job. And that's why. But I'm still gives, but still allows you to do your job. Yeah. yeah. For me, I'm like, I'm on the same coattails, not in terms of like that freedom of movement, but I'm excited to see how we can use it to be, to, to work differently, mm -hmm. to work better, possibly. Like for me, like for Kat, like here's a good example. Kat, for example, like she says, she doesn't have a monitor on her desk. So she has her laptop and that's it. But let's say she needs to do a presentation and she just has this tiny screen or she has, um, she's putting together a presentation, but she has to flip through different tabs to look at the photos and the spreadsheets. But now what you can do essentially is look at your MacBook. It, it shoots up and then you open up a Safari window here to like for pixels to grab some photos. You have your spreadsheet, you have your main presentation here and you have your spreadsheet or your revision board from your client. And now you can be like, okay, they need this revised. They need this. And, and imagine being able to just, grab it and move it into there even because mm -hmm. with a mouse and one hand, like think about it, right? Like we type with both our hands, sure. And that's probably the fastest thing we can possibly do on a computer, mm -hmm. typing, Yeah. right? Yeah. But when, you, when you're doing tasks that require mouse movement, like building, building a website or, or building a PowerPoint presentation or whatever, what's faster, grabbing a mouse and like doing this or just being like, plopping things in with two hands like being like here's my text that i need here's my photo plop it in oh the t or like text for example for websites like oh it's too small so you so you're using your scroll mouse to like make yeah. the text bigger yeah. or clicking the numbers or 120 130 140 or do you just grab the text in midair and just stretch it to the size you need you know what i actually just thought also is i find it very interesting because when you are on a computer where you use a mouse or a trackpad, you always use your strong hand. Mm -hmm. You use one hand. Mm -hmm. But now if you think you have multiple screens in front of you, I can see myself not using this hand to go here. I would do here. Your and left here. hand. So, so, so people, people can't see what she's doing, but basically she's 
grabbing things from the right side with her right hand and yes, grabbing things yes. from the left side with her with her left hand. And I think that's perfect. And, and what I was trying to say is maybe like I'm going so far ahead, but evolution wise, are we maybe developing both hands more strongly? Because what's the word for that? I don't know. Do you know the English word? What do you mean? To be able to use both hands very strongly. Something dexterous? Yeah. <laughs> Ambidextrous. Oh, I wanted to say multidextrous. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe it is. Yeah. but you Is there a word for that in German? Beidhändig. No, I don't know. Yeah. But anyways, I think I am just excited. I, like, when I watched it, I was like, this is, seems... And again, it seems people, too good to be true. Uh, other <laughs> other companies have done AR before, and I'm sure there's yep. amazing things out there. But again, Apple sort of brings things into the mainstream, even though this is not mainstream. But it makes people perk up and be like, huh. "Yeah." And I think, people who people who don't care about something, yeah, start to care about it when Apple starts to do it, for better or for worse. Yes. Whether they hate it or whatever, because people start to notice. Because in Apple's world, no press is bad press. Yeah. The memes of the AirPods, the, like it doesn't matter. The the when AirPods Max came out, everyone said it looked like a little purse. Yeah, people, like everyone started to know about it. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, I've talked a lot about it. What What are your thoughts? It, I, I, that's basically what I said. It's like I, I I'm excited to see. Like for me, actually, the one thing that I've been actually suffering with a lot is because I'm on the computer so much editing with photos, people get a lot of tendonitis in their mouse hand and their shoulder pain in this one arm. But if you can start to spread that load across different and you can move your body differently to work differently, I think um, there, there, there's a lot of potential there. But enough about work, right? Like, yes. Like, I, I, think, I think that is the biggest niche that, that the Apple Vision Pro will fall into is for these like... 3D renders, engineers, um, creatives in some way, or in a work environment, I can see so much value in it. Absolutely. But from a from a home and entertainment perspective, like you said, for you, you're excited as an introvert, being able to put the goggles on and then put put on a movie that's the size of a screen that is super huge, and then you know you turn the the crown and you're suddenly in, um, you know, like the redwood forest or the in the in mountain region watching a movie because that's what you can do you can immerse yourself in a different environment that could be really cool but do you like the idea of just being so shut off from the open world no and that's that's exactly what i think is that's going to be the biggest hurdle exactly like i can see i don't even know if i would use it to watch a movie like when am i really by myself to on an airplane on an airplane yes when i don't want to be with the people around me or yeah but on an airplane you you can't really talk to anyone so it's okay to just strap on these goggles and if you're on a 12-hour flight then then you can just then you could just you know watch the yeah. Like watch that. But speaking of that, right now the, the biggest thing that people are stuck on more than the technology or, or wearing these goggles is that the battery packs only two hours. Like people are that's the one out of all the things that they could have been mad at, right? It's the two hour battery life. Like let's they're be already thinking about using it for a long time. What do yeah, you think about you exactly? Know? But yeah, but the thing is like they have to start somewhere. So but you can plug it in for the people who who aren't aware of this device. But anyways, back to that. Like 
on an airplane, you're not talking to anyone anyway. So it's a perfect opportunity to use that to watch a movie. But in the home setting, and here, here's something interesting. So I, I did make a quick um, thoughts and impressions video on my YouTube channel. So we'll link that in the show notes. But one of my subscribers actually left a very, very thoughtful comment. Yeah. And his comment was, um, hey, I really like this device. I think I could have enough money to buy one of them. And it's 3500 by the way. He's like, maybe two. He's like, but I have a family of three children. So that's me, my wife, and the three kids. He's like, there's absolutely no way that I would ever put on the headset and exclude them or buy only two and exclude everybody else from this movie watching experience. So how am I supposed to afford $17,000 worth of like, it's not possible. Yeah. Because what, because I think how Apple's going to combat this is if everybody has the headset, you'll be able to enjoy the experience together, like share play. Like, you know, how you can watch movies together on FaceTime. They're going to do the same thing somehow. Like if you have a headset, let's say you're long distance and you have a headset and I have a headset and we're across, 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 man, I can't even speak. We're in different parts of the world and we want to watch a movie together. Now suddenly we can be in the same place, sort of virtually, I guess, right? Like we're both in the same headset. We're both sitting in this environment watching this movie together and we can kind of chat to each other. I don't know. It could be cool there, but it would be impossible for a a family of four to even afford that much tech right now. And in general, I think seeing, um, thinking about it when you're in an environment with family mm-hmm. the o- if if i think about you and i the only way that i can see myself walking around with it is if i'm in a work in, in work exactly i'm not gonna sit on the couch while you're cooking dinner in my own world exactly or when i'm meditating in the morning because it gives you that immersive experience but that's something that i really have a big question mark about mm-hmm. what, how it works in like a social setting and mm-hmm. what because it talks so positively about the work environment, I think one thing I don't like about it is when you're on a video call, you see the other people on the video And they call, see you. But they see an avatar of you. Uh, uh, yeah, like a hyper-realistic avatar. Yeah. Which... Is weird. Speaking of body language before and taking away from being in the same room together, yeah, I know. now you're not even the real person on the phone call. So again, big question yep, mark. Exactly. Lots of question marks there for sure. Like there, there's a, there's a million questions ab- yeah. about how it works, but a lot of the people who've had the ability to, ch- to try it right away, they said that it, it does seem like it works really well. There's two little monitors in the goggles. Again, if you don't know about it, it's going to be 4K monitors and it has tons of cameras and and different IR readings and depth sensors. So how it works, just to quickly let everyone know, is it tracks your eye movements and wherever you're looking, that's where like the icons will get a little bigger. And then all you have to do is sort of pinch with your fingertips to sort of click and then you can swipe the air. And apparently there's so many cameras on it that it tracks really well. There's no other remotes or anything. And and the, the one thing that we're sort of leaving out is there's a glass panel on the front. And so when you're looking at other people and you're not in like this fully immersed um, environment, it will, again, use those avatar uh, 3D projected eyes or whatever onto that screen. So it 
So, and if you see any pictures, it looks like it's a transparent screen, but it's actually not. Those eyes aren't even real. They're just projecting a version of your eyes because it's already tracking your eyes. So it looks like you're looking at you. And for all my movie fans out there, isn't it wild that the goggles kind of look like the Ready Player One goggles that was made way back when? And Apple has now decided to make goggles that are sort of similar to that. I feel like Kat's never seen that movie. So we need to watch that movie. And, and as much as, there are hundreds of questions of how this is actually going to play out and work. It's somewhat to a degree for me, um, exciting that we might be in a world where we can maybe change the way we look at working and the way we move our bodies while we work. And maybe, maybe there will be health benefits from it to be able to be ambidextrous rather than having always the stress on this one hand, you know, because sometimes there are tasks that I can do with my left hand, but but I'm not going to use the mouse on that side. Exactly. So like moving text around, like if I'm grabbing, because you know how we have all like typically on Photoshop, the sidebar is always on the left side. Yeah. And I always have to use the mouse and drag over, click the thing that I want. Well, now rather than doing that, I'll just click the tool I want with my left hand. And then if it's a two, if it's an action I can perform with my left hand, then I would do it with my left hand. Yeah. So I'm not stuck. So like the pain in my body won't be isolated to just one side. Yeah. And I think what I enjoy is yes, we can use standing desks, but being able to stand in the room and just moving freely with my hands and having an upright position because you can position the screen above you. One of my subscribers actually also said the same yeah. thing, being able to virtually move the screen in a more comfortable position because on a standing desk, sure, you're standing, but you're still doing this, yeah. right? Rather than what if you're what if you're typing for so long, but then you're doing a task where you could just like stretch a little bit. I don't know. I... I from a work perspective, I'm extremely excited and I really hope we get to that place where, where it's valuable and I hope that Apple, I hope a lot of us, okay, I hope a lot of the people, probably maybe not us, who can afford to buy it, who are enthusiasts, who are f- first-gen adopters, mm-hmm. really push that work aspect and yeah. really test the boundaries of it. Because I, I had also said that this is not going to be a product that everybody buys. Yeah, It just won't be. It's like, the first iPhone, like not that many people had it. The first iPod, the first Apple Watch. It's it's now it when when iPhone became generation three, four sort of, mm-hmm. but then it was really Apple, the iPhone five, iPhone six, iPhone yeah. seven. Like you know what I mean? That's when everybody started to buy it. Adopted. Yeah. Like your family never got an iPhone until like iPhone four or five even. Uh, you didn't start to iPhone 3, the black and white curved yeah, back one. Yeah, yeah. I think 4 was when everybody had it. Yeah, because that became like that flat candy bar shape, yeah, yeah. which ironically is now the shape that it's come back to. Yeah. But I'm excited. There are a lot of questions still about this. Yeah. And yeah, I want to know your thoughts, actually. If you're watching this on YouTube, leave some comments or go to my YouTube video where I go a bit further into the entire event. Yeah. Leave some comments there so we can have a conversation. If you're listening to this on Spotify, you said you can leave comments. Is that you true? Can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, so leave a comment there. And don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, as we said, all the things that is um, asked of from the listeners and, and people and supporters these days. 
Yeah, and we're just happy that you're listening. Listening to us and joining our conversation about this. Yeah. And I, yeah, we're just... It was just a quick, fun episode. Exactly. And it's something that I think I was so excited to talk about because it was my first time ever watching it. And I think I also, I feel so... Because the Vision Pro was launched, I'm like, ooh, is it a moment in history that I would... Yeah, a lot of people are wondering if like, it's, if, if it's a change because... Yeah. I, I, like a lot of the people would be like moment in history like what are you talking about like well come on when the ipod was launched that was a moment in history digital exactly. music became mainstream and exactly. and, and then it, it literally destroyed cds and then when the iphone came out like it changed everything every phone now looks like that it's it, it's the same thing and i and i take it back to when uh, digital photography first came out everyone scoffed at it but look at look at there are critical moments and so whether this fails or doesn't i think this tech could be a marking point yeah um if if one day like i hope i don't think the whole world will be walking around doing these virtual hand movements but yeah enough of this we will be back uh next week with another fun episode we want to do a in-depth food episode because we're watching a really cool show on netflix that we want to dive into yeah we have lots of thoughts that sparked from that yeah it's a food episode but it sparks into how um how you can live your life more full how you can live your life more full more full and and not be so confined to certain parameters exactly let's just tease that but Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Ciao.